Hey guys, welcome to Rankin' Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever, and this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's it going? Pretty good. My uh, neighbor's mother is in town, mm-hmm. and she insisted on cooking us burria, and oh, uh, I ate it and said, this is the best food I've ever eaten, and I was not being hyperbolic. Uh, so she made us, uh, like a small Tupperware yesterday. So mm-hmm. today <laughs> they brought us a lot. Lar- my neighbors brought us a larger Tupperware <laughs> of burrilla <laughs> and salsa. Holy shit. That's honestly, you could be on your deathbed. And if somebody offers you that, it's like, I mean, yeah. My, uh, neighbor literally said she made enough food to feed the whole block can you please take some of these leftovers? So I'm sure they're sick of it, but I'm just like, oh my God, this is literally the best food I've ever eaten. Right. She's got like desperation in her voice. Like, listen, she makes too much goddamn food. I'm... My mother-in-law will not leave. And she... <laughs> She's just we just casually was like, when will she, when, how long is she staying? And, and my neighbor's like, we don't know. <laughs> Holy shit. See, this is honestly like uh, living in Los Angeles. I know so little about my neighbors, and I value that so much. Um, mostly because I feel like uh, so if we're if we're going with different versions of like uh, American Gothic, like there's Midwestern Gothic, which is basically just the movie Fargo, uh, and like Southern Gothic. I think Los Angeles Gothic is like you could dispose of a body on Thursday morning when they pick up the trash, and everybody is just going to tacitly agree not to talk about this. Yeah, it's literally every David Lynch movie. Yeah, and it's a thing I appreciate so much. Although, I do miss uh, my previous neighbor who, um, she was a tiny child who was very angry about the fact that there are no castles in America. Um, But I I think also of, so Josh Danger, uh, where he used to live in Los Angeles, he had these neighbors who didn't speak a lot of English, but they did know a couple of key phrases. One of them was, what are you doing? And they would follow him around on bicycles just over and over again going, what are you doing? And these are... I'm and, sorry, children or adults? Oh, these are children. Okay. <laughs> Although, I mean, honestly, though, that's that would be such a great purgatory, like, just grown adults on bikes following you around all day going, what are you doing? Um, so, so what... Why? Uh, <laughs> why, though? So I'm what also getting been... bullied by uh, my other neighbor. Uh, she is seven, mm-hmm. and uh, she keeps coming into my house and saying, like, why is your house so messy? <laughs> Listen, can I have nobody... more Oreos? <laughs> Why don't you have... <laughs> Give me more Oreos. I can't Why don't you, don't you have, have Oreos. on-brand Oreos? Why are these store brands? Oh my god. This is... You know what, though? I feel like you have to pick one. Either you have to talk shit about your neighbor's house and the cleanliness of it, or you have to solicit Oreos. Like, you can't open with... Your house looks like shit, and then demand Oreos. Well, I mean, yeah, for sure. It's you got to work up to it. <laughs> She's got to learn the ways of the world. But I, uh, <laughs> exactly. I bow to her, her uh, whims, and oh. supply her with cookies. Because... That's because you respect the hustle. That's yeah. she knows what she wants. <laughs> she wants cookies. I also need to clarify that this is not. Um, I'm sorry. I, I need to clarify that, like, oh, please. she's overplaying with my son, and they're both like, it's snack time. And then she, like, <laughs> complains about the snacks we have or the lack thereof. 
She's like, oh, man, I mm, just... you're buying the off-brand Go-Gurt. Why not buy the, the Yoplait? <laughs> so it's like I'm yeah. not, you know, luring children into my home for snacks. It's just like right. they're in the neighborhood and they come in for water and and demand food. <laughs> right, and the kid's like, don't give me Fogurt. Give me Go-Gurt. Yeah. And she knows what she's worth. Yeah, I was going to say, like, honestly, though, if you had just told me that this small child that is your neighbor just sort of wanders into your house occasionally like Kramer and demands Oreos. I would accept it. It's a very Dennis the menace vibe. Like I feel very, (laughs) I, I've never, I never thought I would be a Mr. Wilson, uh, as opposed to a Dennis. You either die Dennis or live long enough to be Mr. Wilson. (laughs) That's, you know, it's waiting for all of us. I, I myself have, I think grown sort of crusty. Like I'm 32 and I, uh, although children still scare the shit out of me. Like, I live very close to a school, and, like, when I'm walking Tinkerbell, uh, although it was funny, speaking of a goal thing, I did, uh, so I was taking Tinkerbell for a walk a couple of weeks ago, and these two kids were shooting a video, and for some reason had a Bride of Chucky doll of Tiffany, and uh, I was, like, walking by, and I was like, Bride of Chucky, and they're like, yeah, I'm like, nice, and then walked away, and was like, great, I had a quick interaction with those kids, and they didn't make fun of me for... Walking like a girl. That's awesome. <laughs> so I, I, I consider that a, a net win for... Because for, honestly, junior high kids still scare the shit out of me. If there's any advice I could give you, it's just don't try to pass off off-brand cookies to them. Because <laughs> they'll know. They'll, they'll know, know that you're, you're trying to pull one over on them. And they won't appreciate it. Here's the thing that really pisses me off. Oreos are mm-hmm. literally the knockoff Hydrox cookies... Right. And my local grocer doesn't stock the superior, you know, original Hydrox. They only sell right. eight gajillion flavors of Oreos. Well, and also Oreos, uh, what was great was when I was vegan uh, for a few months once, because I was in college, you see, and uh, I realized that Oreos are technically vegan. Like, there is nothing in Oreos that has ever met dairy or egg. See, they used to have lard in them, and Hydrox were kosher. But then (laughs) it was cheaper to make them out of vegetable oil than to use the real lard for the cream. So they they are now vegan. Uh, So wait, where do you you get that OG full-fat... A lard Oreo. Um, I think in the nineteen seventies. <laughs> that's honestly that sounds like our like last yop of freedom before Reagan, where it's like, listen, we are all dealing with the hangover of the sixties. I need approximately five thousand lard cookies to cope with this. Well, you do know there are um, fry truthers out there. They're like the beef tallow mcdonald's fries that you could have gotten in 1990 and that's like all that matters to them these are also the same people that you know mourn the loss of the taco bell beefer but um people get really serious about their insane there's there's junk food that there's a classification uh so there's first world problems and then there's (laughs) (laughs) your your political issue that you care about is like i want that weird 1990 McDonald's French fry. Like these are these are the same miscreants who ended up harassing uh, McDonald's clerks over the fucking Szechuan sauce. Yeah, yeah. Although I cannot pretend that if Keebler's didn't make magic middles for a day, that I wouldn't oh. murder a man. You know the the movie oh, yeah. Cheap Thrills, where like the guy is trying oh, to yeah. like 
earn some quick money uh, to support his family and he like cuts his finger mm-hmm. off and kills a dog and all that that movie right. but magic middles for me would be um <laughs> not even uh an issue i would definitely yeah do some vile things well i mean i uh i would murder for waffle crisp cereal like i can't find it anywhere and honestly like i would probably uh, commit horrible crimes just for one box of g- gently expired waffle crisp cereal. Now, Ryan, are you Mandela affecting me? I don't know what this cereal is. Wait a minute. You've never had waffle crisp? No. I've had cookie oh. crisp, but not waffle crisp. <laughs> oh, oh, cookie crisp is a sham and a fraud. <laughs> I got that stuff when I was a kid, and it tasted like shit. Like, I, I had seen the commercial and was like, oh shit, there's a burglar on that box. This deeply speaks to me. A fucking goblin. Did you and know that it it's no it... longer a burglar mascot? What? It's a what werewolf. They, they it's, like a, it's like a wolf howling at the moon. So it's like the honeycomb werewolf. Well, no, that the honeycomb is not a werewolf. He's a he's just a he's like a manimal, like a Doctor Moreau manimal. <laughs> he's just like a super fucked up dude. <laughs> like he's just a guy that hasn't bathed. He's just like ah, I love cereal. <laughs> um, holy shit, that's yeah. I think we're through the looking glass here. Welcome to um, our new cereal go- podcast. Hey, hi. <laughs> where we just you know, where we rank uh, cereal mascots. Um, what ghoul shit have you been up to this week? I have been um, remarkably unghoulish uh, mm-hmm. because I've just been watching Shrill on Hulu. Oh, and, uh, I saw the first couple of episodes. It's a perfect it show. It's one of those shows that uh, I, I think I, I could tell like five minutes. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch all of this. Yeah. And and all like in one sitting. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's exactly very right. good. Uh, but I also learned today, speaking of knockoffs, because we've been talking about that a bit, um, mm-hmm. the John Bradshaw Layfield, when he was oh. wrestling in Japan, wrestled uh, as a fake Undertaker. Really? And not as an so, Underfaker, just as like not a the guy that wore purple gloves and grew his hair over his face. Wow, this is so at no point. And then so he went from impersonating The Undertaker to impersonating Stan Hansen. Yeah, like he has never had an original character in his life. No, never. Yeah, which is also weird because back in the day how uh, Bradshaw went from like chap wearing hick to satanic murderer. Yeah, which with, like, like the, I'm the ministry. That. Oh, me too. Like, I feel like the Ministry of Darkness, although, all right, the great thing was when they did the corporate ministry and merged the corporation and the Ministry of Darkness, and then you had, like, Big Boss Man hanging out with Gangrel the Vampire, and also Shane McMahon was wearing a black collared shirt. You know, Gangrel is still biting people and turning them into vampires, so that the, the local wrestling league that he's involved in, like the, you know third tier wrestling circuit he still Mm -hmm. have factions of vampires that he has converted oh that's great honestly it's it's good work if you can get it (laughs) is like here's my local here's my local coterie of vampire indie wrestlers i am their i'm their dad now and also i wear a puffy shirt and m79 um so i the uh the ghoul shit that i've been consuming this week um so i finally watched uh the the movie uh, the Oregonian. Oh, I've um, I've not I've heard it's rough, and and I need you to tell me about it. Here's 
here's the thing. I was hoping for rough because I was sort of like, you know what? Let's, you know, I'm I because I, I had just watched uh, Ichi. I just rewatched Ichi the Killer for the for today's podcast, and then was like, you know what? Fuck it. My brain feels like it's been uh, hollowed out and filled with uh, insulation, so I'm just gonna keep this train rolling. And then I watched the Oregonian. Uh, it is deeply boring. Um, is it rankable? Is it a horror film? It's it's not a horror film. It's basically okay. Uh, imagine like Babby's first transgressive art house film, but without any actual transgression in it. Like I'm fine with transgression. Like do do something terrible and make me uncomfortable. Um, like most like capital T transgressive movies. There's I'm I'm a big softy, so there's at least one moment where I'm gonna like, you know, make the noise and lean away from my computer and bite my fist. Uh, the Oregonian is so deeply boring. I mean like. It's surrealist and has no plot, which is perfectly fine because neither does Cuso, and I really like Cuso. I really like surrealism, and the Oregonian is just boring. So what is it trying to do? So what it's trying to do is, I think, the same thing that Mandy tried to do, which is, like, sort of uh, psychotronic imagery and psychedelia and uh, violence. Now, the problem is, like, there wasn't really a lot of gore to speak of, and if a thing is under the uh, terror transgressive section of Shudder, uh, who sponsors us, hi Shudder, uh, I, you know, I'm sort of strapping in and expecting something that's going to make me want to die, and I was weirdly let down. I was mostly just bored. So it is classified as a slasher. Are you saying that that is incorrect? It's vaguely incorrect in that, like, there's no actual plot in the thing. Like, and honestly, all right. So I, I'm not going to get pedantic and be like, a slasher movie has to adhere to this, this, and this trope. Like, if there's a killer in a thing and they kill people off one by one, then sure, it's a slasher. Uh, this is not that. There's one character, like the main character. There's a guy dressed like Kermit the Frog who pops up. You know what it is? I just realized it's like if somebody just watched the furry scene from The Shining and went, I bet I can do that as a movie. And it's that. And it's just a big, big nothing. So let's talk about our first movie for tonight. <laughs> so fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So the first movie we're doing for this podcast, like I said before, is so uh, here on here on Rankin Vile, I, I, I'd say that we consider ourselves. Sorry, my dog is lapping up water in the background. One moment. Jesus, Mary, <laughs> Joseph. You sound like an old man eating chili. <laughs> <laughs> What if you All right, record that and just put it on you, as an you. ASMR video on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm, that that stay, that stays in now. So, <laughs> Ichi the Killer uh, on the podcast. I would say that you and I are uh, we would consider ourselves fans of Takashi Miike. Yes, I think it's safe to say we are Takashi Miike fans. Yeah, really, really like Takashi Miike, and this was the first Takashi Miike uh, movie I ever saw in college. Uh, which, uh, so for those of you who have not seen it, Ichi the Killer is considered one of the really, really, like, rough, gory, hard-to-watch, uh, horror movies, where it's just, like, super, super violent, super gory, um, and it's Takashi Miike. Now, alright, so Takashi Miike, if you've seen Audition, I think it's easy to be like, oh, he's kind of like if a cat could be a person in that he's full of bizarre caprice and unknowable intentions, 
um, kind of like Paul Verhoeven. I think Paul Verhoeven is a similar thing, where he'll make a thing like Basic Instinct, and you're like, holy shit, what is he trying to say about gender relations or the sexual revolution or sociopathy? And it's like, shrug emoji? I don't know. Here's a bunch of shit. Um, and Ichi the Killer, like, so it's, uh, adapt uh, it's adapted from a manga, I believe, right? Yes. And it, so the, apparently, and uh, the guy who did the manga for Ichi the Killer uh, was going to do a full script in manga form, but then he got writer's block and they got another guy to do it. So the movie, re all right, so, so right out of the gate, we're starting out with uh, a brutal sexual assault scene with uh, a, a child standing on a balcony watching it, and then there's jizz, and then the logo for Ichi the Killer, the movie, rises out of the jizz. Ugh. Um, it, yeah, it's so, like, right off, right from Jump Street. It's like, here's, this is, this is what's happening. It's a movie called Ichi the Killer. Uh, and the movie revolves around uh, this guy, Ichi, uh, which is Japanese for one, and he's got, like, extreme sports armor on with the number one on the back, and the blade on the bottom of his foot looks like the number one. So there's, like, a general number one motif uh, for Ichi. And so the movie revolves around... Um, this guy, uh, the the iconic, uh, the face of Ichi the Killer of the movie, uh, Kakihara, who is a uh, Yakuza enforcer who has like a Chelsea grin and crazy facial piercings and blonde hair, and I hate to say this, he's kind of a snack. Kakihara, he, he's, he's a good-looking man, um, which is also uncomfortable because he is super masochistic and super sadistic, and he... Basically, his whole thing is that he is just a, a big fan of torture. He is just a torture booster. He's got cup koozies with the word torture on it. He has season passes to torture land. This guy just really, really likes torture. And he's an enforcer for the mob, uh, this guy Anjo, uh, who is his boss. And the boss gets murdered at the very beginning of the movie. So you know right off the bat that the boss is dead. And Kakihara is trying to find the boss. And you find out that he's trying to find the boss because... Uh, you know, just no one beats the shit out of him like the boss does. Like, just nobody can hurt him in exactly the way that the boss does, and he tries to get several people throughout the movie to hurt him, and he's just like, oh, come on! And so uh, he is trying to find Anjo at the same time as Ichi, who is sort of a baby man. So Quincy, how would you describe Ichi? I have Ichi? made it 32 years in my life without seeing Ichi the Killer, and that... Um... At this point, I can't, like, watch oh, it boy. because it's almost like defiance to not see this movie <laughs> at this point. I mean, that's how I feel about a Serbian film. Like, it's a conscious decision at this point. And, like, Ichi the Killer, like, you've probably heard everything you need to know about Ichi the Killer You know, surprisingly, point. I haven't. I think what's happened is... When you live the ghoul life like me, people just assume that you've seen it, mm -hmm. uh, so they don't want to talk to you about it. Oh, now, yeah. What I am, what I have done is watch. Oh, I did the same thing uh, with the movie YouTube Amelie through and, like, like six years of college. Of clips, and uh, it's a good goopy movie, but I've never watched oh, it from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, I I lied about seeing Amelie for like six years in college. So. I mean, that's um, something you've got to lie about seeing <laughs> Amelie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I've, I've heard. I've heard it's good. Um, it is, but it's so really good. now there's. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's it's yeah. Although I, I feel like my brother, my brother and me did a bit about Amelie, and now I'm. That's all I can think of is them impersonating Amelie. Oh, for um, sure. Anyway, so uh, Kakihara, uh, there's like the 
the big set piece, I think, of this movie for me, like the bit that I always... Now, the last time I saw Ichi the Killer, which is certainly a sentence I have now said, was when I was in my mid-20s. I was like 23 and had just seen Ichi the Killer because um, I was going through a phase where I was like, I want to have seen all of this garbage. Like, I want to see Tetsuo the Iron Man and Calver and High Tension and just as many transgressive movies as I can cram into my dumb, dumb eyeballs. And... The bit that I um, the bit that I remembered the most, and that immediately when it popped up on this rewatch, I was like, "Oh Christ!" Um, so he, uh, so Kakihara uh, is tipped off by uh, this guy uh, Juji, who is the um, Svengali controlling Ichi and implanting false memories in him and getting him to do his bidding for him. Anyway, he's trying to break up the yakuza, and he's killing a bunch of people off. And he tips off Kakihara that this guy Suzuki knows where uh, Boss Anjo is. And so he kidnaps Suzuki. Um, he suspends Suzuki from the ceiling with uh, hooks and chains. Like he did. And like, I'm sure you've seen the suspension. Thing, yeah, right? yeah. Like he do. Um, and so he's got him, yeah, yeah, strung up like a, like, a, like a Christmas goose, you know, just like naked, covered in tattoos. And so he's got hooks all through his body. And he's like, oh, no, I hate this. And then Kakihara uses his trademark long, uh, thin needles to torture the shit out of him. So he's, like, jabbing it through his mouth and his, his like, forehead and stuff. And then uh, he leaves a bunch of needles in and grabs a big pot of boiling water and just dumps it on the guy's back. Um, and at this point, you're thinking to yourself, why are you watching this? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's Now, the, the funny thing about this movie uh, is that everything escalates so quickly. Uh, so Kakihara tortures the shit out of Suzuki, who lives, and then he gets, like, bandaged up like the Invisible Man, and then uh, Suzuki's bosses are like, hey, bro, why did you torture the shit out of Suzuki? He didn't know anything about Boss Anjo, and the guy that gave you that intel is, was must have been lying to you. And Kakihara, to atone for this, goes, you know what? It's not even enough that I chop my fingers off for you. I'm a big, weird piece of shit, and I, uh, I really like candy, and I have a taste for sweets, so I'm going to cut out the thing that lets me enjoy pleasure. And they're like, wait, what? And then he just, like, pulls his tongue out and just starts cutting it off. And at this point, this reminded me of, like, were you ever in school and you had some kid who was like, hey, hey, do you guys dare me to drink, like, a whole bottle of hot sauce? And you're like, no, dude. And he's like, oh, this is so fucked up. I can't believe you guys are making me do this. And you're like, you don't have to. And he's like, no, I'm gonna. Um, and so Kakihara just, like, cuts his own tongue out, and it, it's and then he just, like, hands it to the boss, who's like, oh, gross. Um, so to wit, a whole lot of really gross shit happens in this movie. Um, Ichi the killer, like, the, the, the titular killer, he uh, had a bunch of false memories implanted about having witnessed sexual trauma as a child and having been horribly bullied in school and whatever, and so... Uh, the guy, Juji, who uh, is played by the guy who direct, uh, wrote and directed Tetsuo the Iron Man, oddly enough. Um, so Ichi is basically like a giant baby man. Like, he's like a large Marion, but he's like mentally like a child. Like, he cries a lot, and he... Like, there's honestly... There's a lot of overlap, I think, between Leatherface and uh, Ichi, where, like, they're both basically giant babies... And they're both way more afraid of you than you are of them, and they're both dominated by a patriarch, and they... Ichi kills the shit out of people. Like, he... Like, it's it's a, it's a lot. Um, and so, uh, a bunch of stuff happens. Uh, I, you want me to spoil the um, ending for him? 
I feel like this is a movie that people have, uh, if you haven't seen it, do you think the, okay, let me start over. I kind of don't want to be the spoiler show anymore because uh, we're constantly saying skip uh, yeah. ahead 30 minutes and or 30 seconds or 30 minutes. Turn it off. <laughs> right. And I kind of don't want to. We're constantly encouraging. Yeah, I, I kind of don't want to yeah. encourage people to stop listening to our show. Wait, right, fast forward past this bullshit. Um, so yeah, so uh, to wit, there is something that I like a lot about this movie, which is that I feel like Takashi Miike is... Mike is like deeply invested in taking the piss about macho shit and toxic masculinity. Where you think of audition, right? And so much of it is clowning on toxic masculinity and about the need like the the, the desire for men to control women and to be the only thing that they have in their lives and um Ichi the killer to me is also clowning on that because Ichi is, like, the ultimate fulfillment of macho masculinity in those moments, but also yeah. he's a terrified child. Um, and every, like, all of the violence that happens in this, there's such a difference between the playful violence in this and the serious violence, if that makes sense. Like, you know when this is meant to be funny gore and when it's meant to just be fucking upsetting. Um, and I feel like Takashi Miike is going into some really, really cool shit here where also, like, every character in this... Like, there's people who give pain and people who want to receive pain. And it's like everybody in this movie is trying to outsource the duty of, of having to get hurt. Like, Kakihara, um, the, the, the pierced boy, he wants people to hurt him. He's a, he's a masochist. And when he finds out about Ichi, he gets very excited because Ichi kills the shit out of people. And he's just um, really very good at, at killing and I think Kakihara wants to die, or he wants to be tortured, or just something. And he basically, like, goes after Ichi because he wants him to do that. Ichi wants other people to hurt him. Kakihara wanted his boss to hurt... Like, everybody in this, like... It's like everybody wants to be hurt, but everybody wants to put the onus of having to hurt onto other people. I don't know. Um, it... it You... I, I, I would say you should see oh, this movie sure. at some point. Like, it's... It's, it I it's it's a hard fucking watch. Like I also there's um I'm not gonna lie to you there is a lot of rape in this, um but also a lot of it is imagined because of like implanted memories. But also you're still watching that scene, um and a lot of it is really really hard to watch. But I feel like I have so much faith in Takashi Miike to not just do upsetting things for the set of doing upsetting things. Yeah. So do you think that this is better than Audition? I don't think this is better than Audition, and I think the reason that I don't think this is better than Audition is because I did not really laugh at any point during this, and Audition, I, I, I think that there are several moments in that that are just legitimately really, really funny, and I think Takashi Miike's voice is a lot stronger in Audition, and he has a clearer sense of what he's trying to accomplish with the violence. So I'm going to throw out a suggestion, and I want to tell I want mm -hmm. you to tell me um, if this is accurate. Okay. Can audition rightfully go over some of the practical horror effects of, say, Cat in the Brain and um, Don't Torture a Duckling? I'm not saying quality of film. I'm saying Oof. quality of effects. 
Right. And obviously because Ichi the Killer is a fucking special effects demo reel. But it's mostly CGI, is it not? It is mostly CGI, but and I think that that's also intentional because it's meant to be a manga. Like, it's meant to look unreal in a way that sort of... Now, the other thing that I like about those effects and about generally the gonzo uh, violence of uh, Ichi the Killer is that Takashi Meike is doing that thing of asking you, hey, you out there, why are you watching this fucked up movie? But, uh, you know, in a lar- from a larger perspective, why do we watch fucked up movies? What's wrong with us? Why do we do that? Uh, without doing the hypocritical thing that a lot of video games do where they make you choose a mean option and then go, well, that's just terrible. How could you be so violent? Yeah, it's the, you forced me to do that. But, yeah, the, the, the effects are really goopy and really, like, season three finale of Buffy with the snake demon, where it's just like, okay, sure, you've kicked a guy in half, and that's his body falling apart. Why not? So, is that better? So, so you said Mike is better at asking, why are we watching this gross movie? Um, is that, mm-hmm. do you think Mike is more self-reflective in a good way than Fulci and Cat in the Brain? Or do you think Cat in the Brain still yeah. edges uh, Mike out? I think it's I think it's better than Cat in the Brain because I think Cat in the Brain has no bigger thing to say about horror as a genre or about transgression or violence or any of that stuff. I think Cat in the Brain is just having Lucio Fulci go, I'm dirty, and then making a movie about now, it. Now, consider this. Mm-hmm. That would then put Ichi the Killer above House. Ooh. Now, all right, so there we go. Which is which which is better? The trans like the the sort of poster child for transgression or the poster child for surrealism? So, I, this is it it is undeniable that Mike's entire oeuvre, mm-hmm. you know, is influenced by films like Halsu. Sure. I mean, like, he's, yeah. The, Mike, again, the guy has done over a hundred movies, um, and he, so much of what he's done has been, like, on spec. Like, he's worked in every genre. He's done so much that, like, he's been necessarily responding to Japanese culture for years and years, so, like, of course, he's devoured the movie house. But if you walk around, you know, the genre and you ask anyone what's more influential, house is still that sort of, um, uh, what's the delicate way to put it? Uh, house is <laughs> the, the, um, pour over where as each of the killer is the, um, <laughs> McDonald's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Coffee at. You ever yeah. go get coffee at like 4 p.m. at a gas station and oh, it's sure. like, you know, that's actually left over from like 4 a.m. and it's like not supposed <laughs> yeah. to go in your body? They're like, I was about yeah, to this throw is that like, away, but this I've is been like, too busy. And you're like, it's okay, I'll do it for you. And you drink it in your wretched no, yeah, body. F- 4 p.m. gas. 4 p.m. gas station coffee is like they used ashtray water instead of regular water. To yeah, do it. yeah, but it's it, but you know we still buy it because we're yeah. Oh, I of course we still buy it and then leave it in the car for two days and then get into the car and continue drinking the two day old coffee that was probably two days old. <laughs> like, this is because I, I don't I don't fucking respect myself as evidenced by the fact that I watched two hours worth of Ichi the Killer today and really enjoyed it. I honestly cannot believe how much I enjoyed Ichi the Killer as compared to how much I enjoyed it when I was 23, because I feel like now that I've seen more of Takashi Miike's stuff, like, I can see more of his peccadillos, and I can see more of his, like, 
weird directorial quirks and what he was doing with this. Where when you're 23, I mean, you're you're a numbnut 23-year-old and your entire take is, oh man, that movie's really fucked up. A bunch of blood happens and that's your entire take on it. Yeah, but I, I will give... Um... I'll give the edge to Ichi the Killer over Visitor Q. If anyone sidles up to me and asks to talk about oh, that, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be your friend. Go away. Oh, no. Like, if somebody put on Ichi the Killer at a party, I'm fucking gone. <laughs> like, I'm getting out of this room. Um, so, yeah, so definitely better than Visitor Q. I think... Okay, all right. So, I, I, think, I, think, I, know where I'm, I think I know where I'm going with this. This is... All right, so if we're also going with uh, Extreme Japanese Horror three extremes i think this is above three extremes i think it's also above female prisoner scorpion be stable but i think it is below tremors yeah i think tremors is better than ichi the killer you got graboids you got fucking graboids you got kevin bacon nothing wrong with that um so i feel really good about putting ichi the killer uh, above female prisoner scorpion be stable and below tremors at number 79 all right so next on our list uh, to review is Hands mm -hmm. of Steel. Uh, All right, so I did not get I, I did not get the pleasure of seeing Hands of Steel. So Hands of Steel is a Terminator exploitation film. Oh, I'm deeply familiar. Have you seen Rotor? Uh, not yet. It's on my list oh, of of Terminator exploitations. <laughs> Uh, they they did rotor on uh, MST three uh, excuse me riff tracks and it's basically what if Terminator but in Texas and shitty. So Hands of Steel is what if Terminator but Terminator decides that he doesn't want to be bad he wants to be good and then it turns into over the top because he falls into a uh, arm wrestling league. <laughs> Wait a minute. He joins an arm wrestling league. Basically, he uh, he's a assassin robot, um, and he botches mm -hmm. the assassination. So he runs into hiding so he doesn't get turned off, and he falls in love with the owner of this uh, gas station slash bar uh, that is filled with the bikers from Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and mm -hmm. instead of like actually beating him up or murdering him they're like i tell you what kid if you can beat me in arm wrestling then we'll let you be part of our crew and because he's a <laughs> robot he wins and there's a scene where they take rattlesnakes and put them in boxes and there are handcuffs on either side of the table and the loser's hand get snapped up a la like weird bear trap contraction and then the snake comes out and bites the hand holy shit but spoiler okay. alert because this is a robot with a heart of gold he karate chops the snake in half before it bites his <laughs> opponent which shows that not only is he a good arm wrestler but he has a heart of you know he has um a hero's uh medal Right, he might. He He's might a have metal a, a metal hero with metal. <clears throat> right, his chassis might be metal, but his heart is also metal, but technically gold. So, it's better. Yeah. Also, the Holy score shit. is made by Claudio Simetti, uh, Simonetti of Goblin. Oh shit! This is by one of the best <laughs> Goblin. Yeah. Wow. So it like rules on multiple levels. Oh my god! So wait a minute. So do you think that we can blame James Cameron for the entire subgenre of Terminator exploitation? No, well, yes, because I was going to say no, because there's some uh, 
Universal Soldier and Cyborg, but mm-hmm. I think those are also directly <laughs> related to yeah. Terminator. Yeah, and I feel like we didn't really get a lot of Cyborg stuff until the 80s. Like, I try to find Cyborg stuff from, like, the 70s, and it's like, I mean, maybe the the Million Dollar Man? Or not Million Dollar Man, what was it? Two Million Dollar Man. Um, and even that's Six not, like, Cyborg stuff. Six, you know, certainly some some price. A man who works some. for an undisclosed sum. Also, um, Hands of Steel was directed by uh, Sergio Martino, the Italian director of Giallo films such as Torso, uh, under oh. an American pseudonym. This is the guy who did Torso. Yeah. Holy shit! So this is the what? guy that did Your Vice is a Locked Room, but also arm wrestling terminator <laughs> oh man so wait so like give, give me give me your highlight of this movie like what's the what's the weird gory dumb thing that happens in this so um multiple people are roundhouse kicked in the face and their heads come off <laughs> that's all you had to say that's literally you buried the lead like if you had just said they guys get their round get their heads roundhouse kicked off like oh that's... also um Italian treasure, uh, treasure of European uh, horror cinema. George Eastman is the lead arm wrestling biker. Oh man, there is so much to unpack here. How? All right, give it to me straight. How much does arm wrestling actually factor into the plot? Um, it's like the second act of the movie. Holy shit. The whole second act is arm wrestling, and then John Saxon shows up with yes. his crew of, of villains. And, yeah, so John Saxon's also in this movie. Right, whose, whose full name, of uh, course, is veteran actor John Saxon. Yeah, veteran actor John Saxon. Uh, brows of steel John Saxon. <laughs> John <laughs> that Saxon, guy shows up like, who hey, looks like you're... Lieutenant Thompson in every movie. Right, he... He just pops up like, all right, listen here, Terminator, and he's just going to give you the fucking business. Honestly, John Saxon is still alive, and I wonder where he is. The world needs John Saxon now more than ever. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I guess the high, the true high point is that um, the guy that plays Paco, the the Hands of Steel, is kind of Hansy. Hansy of mm-hmm. Steel. Oh, um, Hansy of Steel. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's Excellent. it's good. It's not great, but it's like a bananas hour and a half. Right. This is an hour and a half of your life. Yeah. And I should also thank Mill Creek Entertainment for sending us uh this movie on DVD. Um it of course like most of Mill Creek's wonderful movies was on a disc of Five insane science fiction movies. Uh, also included on the same disc, w- disc was Abraxas with Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, so like, shit! It's it's an automatic perfect double feature of insanity. Yeah, Abraxas is one of those movies that it's amazing because you get Jesse the Body Ventura delivering lines like, "Oh, oh no, I've got to go look for my enemy Secundus," and it's like. I love that he maintains the same accent. Like, at no point is he anything other than fucking Jesse the Body Ventura as an alien. Like, I, I now, actually, and true story here, I did a book report on Jesse the Body Ventura when I was in junior high because we, were, we, we had to do an issue about, or, or not an issue, we had to, like, pick a politician to do a report on. 
and at the time I was obsessed with wrestling. Like I was like 13 years old, so I was like, "Don't say I, at the time like oh, oh, that was I, a thing you put in oh, your past." Oh, I say this as though you I'm not liar. <laughs> oh no! Any listen, a cursory glance of my Twitter shows that I have never grown out of it. Um, and I also picked it because I was like, "Oh, he's the first ever independent governor uh, in the United States," and he, uh, like in the book, they describe him acting on a Braxis and him being like, "Yeah, I was an alien, so it was really cool to show up to set and be someone else for a day." And it's like, okay, like it's you're an actor. That's what being. And does he know what being an actor is? Or was it like, yeah, they just let me wander onto set and, and decide that I was an alien bounty hunter. And it's... So I'm going to go out on a limb and say Hands of Steel is better than the Friday the 13th remake. Really? Yes. All right, why is that? Because there's joy in it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like, so there's like palpable... You can tell that anybody involved in the making of this movie was enjoying themselves. Yeah, I, I would also say it's a little bit over Captain EO just because um, we're taking a, another glance at Michael Jackson and the more yep. that I look, the more I want to look away. Um, yeah, I because and that that's the that's the tough thing is going, oh, man, the baseline from Billie Jean really slaps. Also, he's almost certainly a monster, so. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. We we could look away for so long, but you can only look away for so long. But so at a certain I would point, say yeah. it goes right underneath your date is here uh at number 214 is Hands of Steel. And go over oh, yeah. to um Mill Creek's website. They have a VOD platform now or you can buy, you know, they're they're one DVD with five insane sci-fi <laughs> movies for a very low price. Uh, that's honestly, so that's out. a thing that I appreci appreciate so much about like Walmart is like their bin full of like six weird horror movies on one DVD. And it's like, yeah, whatever you can they always buy Mill Creek at Walmart or a big lots or a Ollie's <laughs> or like anywhere that still sells DVDs for under five dollars, you will find some Mill Creek DVD, and it's amazing. Well, I think we've all wanted to see Mosquito Man, but also uh, Franken Frankencroc at some point, and you're like, yeah, at the same time, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so two fourteen, Hands of Steel. Um, we uh, so let's dip into some uh, listener requests. Yes. So in our inbox is um, an email from Joseph who asks uh, us to rank Biocop. Man, I love Biocops. Uh, so wait, have you have you seen Biocops? I have never seen Biocop. Uh, I missed the uh, Biocop uh, bandwagon that was <laughs> from our college, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, we were all obsessed with it for like two minutes because you just get a bunch of dudes. Now, all right. So Biocops uh, is a Hong Kong horror movie that uh, is a, technically a zombie movie, but also the zombies talk. It's complicated. Um, and mostly what you get is just the, the main villain walking around going, zombie new human. And he just repeats the phrase zombie new human out loud, like probably a dozen times. And it's all any of us could fucking say for like a week. Um, Biocops is great. So, how good is it compared to other Hong Kong horror on the list? 
Honestly, BioCops, uh, now, uh, those of you who lived in Tennessee uh, in the mid-2000s will remember The Great Escape uh, in downtown Nashville, um, where uh, they, you know, it was a, a video store, and they, that oh, was Oh, it's still open, first... don't forget. Oh, oh shit, I thought, wait, no, there was a location that closed down, I think. Yeah, it so... just moved over um, to a different part of town, oh, well, that, where that's, the rent was that does my That does my heart good. Um, that was actually my introduction to Hong Kong horror. Like that was, I saw BioCops before I knew that Hong Kong horror was like its own specific genre distinct in Asian horror. Um, and it's honestly, it's I, I've I've rewatched it a bunch of times because I have it on a really jank DVD that skips, and it is just fucking outstanding. So, do you want to put it above or below the Incredible Melting Man? Ooh, I think I'm putting that above the Incredible Melting Man. However, I also think it's better than uh, Urban Legend. What about Body Melt? Ooh, okay. So if we're going with like weird uh, 90s body horror, um, I feel like, all right, it's definitely better than The Fog. I don't think it's better than Body Melt. Okay. So then that makes it number... 243. Now, Joseph also yeah. wants us to rank the sequel Bio Zombies. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Neither did I. Sorry, Joseph. He also wants us to rank uh, Chinese Ghost Story Trilogy. I have not seen any of those. I have also never seen any Chinese uh, Ghost Story Trilogy. Also, uh, Encounters of the Spooky Kind. Love the name. Have not seen it. Yeah, sorry, bud. Uh, Troublesome Night haven't seen that either and the live action wicked city i've seen the anime but i've not seen that one so sorry joe i've also seen the anime uh send us some more and we'll try to uh, get to him he also said oh. there's a lot of erotic ghost story movies but i'm not gonna google what that means <laughs> thanks bud send <laughs> us more ghosts. uh joe and we'll um try to get some more of your requests since we could only rank one of them <laughs> I mean, in fairness, my Google search history is just erotic ghosts over and over again with, like, increasing degrees of frustration in all caps because they won't give me the erotic ghosts. Give me the erotic um, ghosts. Also, I, I, love, I love that both of us were like, well, I've seen the anime of Wicked City, <laughs> but I haven't seen... <laughs> Not even, action. like, a, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> you're like, oh, excuse me, I've only seen the anime. Um, so that's, yeah, thank, thank you for those requests. We will, um, I feel like... We're, you know, expanding our horizons here on Rank and Vile. I feel like we can watch some new things we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Okay, so Duncan wants us to rank the Curlian Frequency on Netflix. Have not seen the Curlian Frequency. Sorry, bud. Haven't seen it. Send us another one. Um, yep. This is basically... Welcome to the part of the podcast where we just clean out the inbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... We're just, you know... And, you know, we're, uh, we're finishing up doing some house cleaning. Uh, if you want to request your own, you can go to our email, rankinvilecast at gmail.com, or you can uh, put one in our ask box on Tumblr. Uh, let's look yeah. at our Tumblr for one uh, rather than just our inbox. Ryan, what's in the old ask box? So uh, on uh, our Tumblr ask box, uh, anonymous requested Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. It's all good. Um, it's all right. Everybody gets everybody late tonight. Gets late tonight. It's now all right. So Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter is uh, a movie. I think I've I've probably watched it a million. I watched it a million times over the course of like three months, and then never again. 
Yeah, this movie exposed me to El Santo. Yes. So this movie, uh, as you, as you might guess, is about um, the biblical Jesus Christ who returns uh, to kill vampires. Yeah, lesbian vampires. Yeah. This is like the the definition of what we in the late in the mid two thousands thought was like great independent cinema. That's exactly right. Like, it's not good, but it's... I, I think uh, this is when... All right. I think that Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter is of a part with, like, when you really like Surf Nazis Must Die. Yeah. Uh, and to be fair, Surf Nazis Must Die is very good. <laughs> it is great. I, I also love Surf, Surf Nazis Must Die. But, so, uh, I, I'm not crazy about, like, Jesus coming back to kill lesbian vampires. Like, the fact that they're lesbian vampires, I feel like looking back on it now, I'm like, eh. It's probably not great. Um, but it was very clearly, like, filmmakers going, like, you know what would be really funny is Jesus getting into a fight and going, body of Christ. And then, like, it's like they watched that scene from Dead Alive with the priest saying, I kick ass for the Lord, and decided to do it, but as a movie. Yeah. So what is, what um, has a longer shelf life, the Toxic Avenger or Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter? Well, I tell you what, I don't see anybody um, moving heaven and earth to remake Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter, where today we've just been made aware. Uh, Quincy, who is it that's going to be writing and directing the new uh, Conjuring? Macon Blair, of um, probably yeah. best known for his starring role in Green Room. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I feel like Toxic Avenger, I feel like we're one of the only podcasts probably talking about jesus christ vampire hunter like it's it's i mean it is an el santo movie basically right i mean like it's there's his yeah, sidekick he's is a the sidekick he's jesus's sidekick right obviously jesus's sidekick is a luchador um and like it's it's got a fun soundtrack and it's about what you would want from a movie called jesus christ vampire hunter at least it did predate you know that really wretched period of time where uh the books were really popular where it was like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah, the and, literary like, mashup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that period of time where, like... Uh, I, oh, I'm so happy that I've just forgotten the name of that website. The the Nerd Swag website. What was it again? I There's so many of them. Who knows? Yeah. They ain't, where, they where ain't paying like, for advertising. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Where they would, you know, do, like, here's a, here's a t-shirt, you pieces of shit. It's what if the the TARDIS but on Mountain Doom and they fuck you buy it and it's basically that and it you know it, it, which is fine but I I think I'm putting the Toxic Avenger above that so um is it better than Maniac Cop 2 <laughs> uh, alright so wh what we're really asking is is the the theme tune from Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter better than the tie-in rap for Maniac Cop 2. And I have to say, I think it's Maniac Cop 2. Yeah, I think you're right there. Now, another movie yeah. that's a spiritual successor to Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter is Pool Party Massacre. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, these are these are both uh, tongue-in-cheek parodies of horror movies. But also um, kind of work like... as a horror movie on its own. Right. So I feel like between the two of those, I kind of want to give the edge to uh, Jesus Christ Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. See, I would say the opposite. I felt like Pool Party Massacre okay. was 
more enjoyable and is although it's newer I feel like I would rather watch it more than this other movie that I could the only thing that it really has going for it is the credits the end credit theme song yeah and the priest exactly right yeah also a priest with a mohawk which is always important like he died because he didn't believe in the power of punk rock um, he also so yeah, so that actually guy going... has a hole cut in his motorcycle helmet for his mohawk right which is honestly it's which is honestly aspirational um so i feel good actually putting that all right how how does this sound uh jesus christ vampire hunter is better than your date is here but not as good as house of a thousand corpses i would say it you're caught you're in the right neighborhood i'd say it's not as good as your date is here but better than hands of steel so yeah i feel pretty good about that so coming in at our new uh, our new number 214 above hands of steel which apparently is what if terminator but arm wrestling and below your date is here is jesus christ vampire hunter and thank you for that request um, if you have a request that you'd like us to dig into, uh, you're going to want to send that either to our email address at rankandvilecast at gmail.com or in our ask box on Tumblr at just rank and vile. Quincy, where else are we online? We're on Instagram at just rank and vile. We are on Twitter at rank and vile cast. We are on YouTube at rank and vile cast. We are on letterbox at rank and vile. Uh, we're on Spotify now, but we're not the band that Everywhere. has one single. We're the podcast that's more prolific than that <laughs> band. So tell them to get off Spotify. Yeah, pick another name. Um, <clears throat> we also, uh, guys, if you like the podcast and you like what we do, uh, actually, my voice is, uh, I'm rapidly losing my voice for some reason, Quincy. Um, can you uh, encourage yeah. our listeners to leave us a five-star review? If you um, are into our show, if you could... <laughs> rate us on your app of choice you could um, spread the word with a friend you know what's really great is make your friends commute to work with you or go on a long road trip but only play episodes of our podcast for them um, <laughs> and maintain and, eye contact and main eye contact and if they don't laugh like laugh aggressively at them at all the jokes um, I yeah. do it and Just look how many friends I have them. You just you want to show them how they should be responding. I to do podcasts. literally listen to the podcast for like for quality control purposes, but I've often had sure. people confront me and say, "You're listening to yourself, aren't you?" <laughs> yeah, I I totally listen to us mostly. Be yeah, because like a I want to find out if I've accidentally done something stupid, and b because we're funny and I like to listen. <laughs> so it's. Yeah, that's that's really yeah, that's pretty much it. But uh, aside from that, that is about all I got. You got anything else? That's it. Stay spooky, y'all. Later, folks.